Hello, and welcome to an episode of Melanated and Educated. I am your host, Destiny, and today I am here with... Author Trinity Davis. Thank you so much for coming on the show. So, do you mind telling me a little bit about what your book is? Absolutely. So, Jonah is the story of a young slave and his journey to freedom. And I remember when people used to ask me this question early in my publication process, and I would kind of just stop the summary there. Mm-hmm. But now I really want to go in depth and say Jonah's not just a story of a slave and his journey to freedom, where typically in our society, there's a plantation, there's a slave, he's running away, and the storyline is kind of overdone and seen over and over again. And so I emphasize that Freedom is a concept each person has to define for themselves. And that's when the concept becomes real. Mm -hmm. So what gave you the inspiration to do a more intangible kind of pathway for your story? I definitely felt like freedom was portrayed a certain way. And I really think that having such a general idea of the concept was not doing each person justice. I think a lot of the time we can have these general ideas across the board and we fail to have a personal relationship or these connotations or mental associations for words and then we kind of miss out. But when we really take the time to get in depth and say, what does this look like for me in my life and where's the application? And that's when we can actually obtain freedom and um, definitely apply it in our own lives. Do you think that there have been ways that you had to find freedom, like, in your own life? Absolutely. And in the process of writing Jonah, it was definitely a therapeutic process for me. And writing for me has been a sense of freedom. Mm -hmm. I definitely think freedom becomes something that can be a changing definition, of course, over time and as things and seasons change. Mm -hmm. so yeah writing for me is my sense of freedom completely I definitely agree with that I feel like it's kind of obvious that I talk about lots of different things on my show but I think one of the most exciting things has been like when you talk and like someone is coming to listen to you like it's not like you know you're forcing them to have a conversation with you like I'm just talking (laughs) here and someone had to come and click like you chose to be here today so I definitely agree that you know, working on your craft can be very freeing in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I think a lot of the time, I recently did a writing workshop. It was super fun. And I was asking these little kids, I'm like, which picture represents freedom to you? And there was like four different pictures. There was this picture of this bird flying away. There was a picture of someone protesting. There was a picture of someone breaking out of chains and just saying expressions and how, again, in-depth freedom really is and that everyone can have a different outlook on what freedom means but if we don't decide what that looks like on a personal level then we can really just leave ourselves in bondage mentally and emotionally and financially and in so many different ways yeah one thing I actually didn't think about until you just said that is like like you said there are so many different ways of freedom and I think when people portray teenagers in media I don't know if you notice this it's a lot of like rebellion against parents and like I want to be <laughs> I want to be cool I want to be this and I think that is also like an expression of freedom that I probably wouldn't exactly. have thought about you know that's definitely true and again I think 
the danger to society trying to make certain things relatable and kind of a shared sentiment for a particular group of yes. people. It's like, okay, yeah, I connect, I relate. Okay, Rebecca is my parents. Woo. Right. But then it's also like we really accept that. And it's just, again, we're missing out on the idea that, okay, yeah, there's this general societal standard, but personally in my life, where's the application? Where's the realness? Where's my past moments? And how does that make a difference for my future? And like I said, freedom is a definition that changes over time. So you're not going to be wanting that same sense of freedom like 10 years from now. It's not going to be rebelling from your parents. You're probably like, okay, I want this phone bill off of my <laughs> life. Right. So Exactly. I think one thing, too, is that you might imagine that what you have for freedom or what you think you're going to be challenged with, like challenged with, excuse me, is so different. Like when I, I remember when I was younger, I don't know why I was so interested in the idea of being 14 like I remember when I was 11 I was like praying for the day I turned 14 what did I do when I was 14 nothing no that's okay right like I thought I was gonna be so cool I thought I was gonna be like I don't know out every single night first of all what 14 year old is out every single night that's you know (laughs) but look at you now exactly thriving exactly both of us are period but I think mm-hmm. it's like you said, like freedom changes, but also what your idea of what will be your freedom also changes so much. Absolutely. I don't know. I think that's so crazy looking back on that and thinking I was going to be like so <laughs> cool. Like, I don't even know what that was about. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy when we're young. We really don't process in the moment how young we are. Yes. And it's really amazing. <laughs> I think personally, that's one thing that still affects me. Like, I'll be like, I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, I need to do this, I need to do that, especially when it comes to, like, I'm a junior, or, oh my gosh, I'm not a junior anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait, Stop. wait, no. senior season. Senior season, but, like, okay, excuse me, I'm a senior, guys, <laughs> guys, I'm a senior in high school, yeah, I'm yes. actually, that's so wacky, but I'm a senior now, right, and I remember, like, when by senior year, first of all, I thought, I don't know what, I, I, this is just me with my high expectations. I thought I was going to have, like, so many things. I'm not even 17 yet. Like, you know, you realize how young you are when you're realizing all the things you wanted to do by a certain age. At least, right. right. Like, I thought I was going to be like you. I thought I was going to have a book, and I thought I was going to be, like, the coolest girl in school, and everyone's going to like, You scrapped the summer. You can get started. I've actually been interviewing today. you about your book. Yes. <laughs> That'd actually be really fun. But, you know, like, you have so many expectations for what you want to do. And then you get there and you're like, I am barely out of the womb. What am I talking right. about? Right. It's so wacky. But back to you in your writing process. I have a question. So what was your process like for writing? A typical day for me when I was writing my book is actually reading other people's work for inspiration Mm -hmm. or maybe some of my old writings from when I was younger. Even since I was a little girl, I've always written stories and been passionate about it. So maybe even just revisiting that and just getting into this creative mindset and zone and not reading from the perspective of my own personal enjoyment, but from a different lens that what made these stories move other people and why is this what people love and will spend hours of their day 
in a pages of a book. Mm-hmm. And then from there, setting my writing goal for the day, if it's going to be based off the word count or if it's going to be based off, okay, how many chapters do I want to write today? And then to close out the writing process, I'd actually have my mom be my first reader, having a fresh pair of eyes to just really give me feedback. Okay, did this idea come across the way I intended or is there some type of disconnect? And then from there, going back and making those small edits. And she was transparent and just having that feedback was truly so helpful. Was it like a tough love thing or was it like... Um, let me think. (laughs) I think my mom is definitely transparent with love. And I think everyone needs someone like that in their life, no matter what their passion or their gift is, being able to have an outside person come and tell you, okay, I think you can improve in this way or keep doing this. That's the only way that we can grow because just to be in your only headspace is such a limited thing. So it was really helpful. So when you're talking about your your process for writing, you talked about reading other books. Besides your book, obviously, what is a book that you think everybody should read? Everyone needs to read The Sun and Her Flowers by Rupi Parr. I love Rupi Parr. She is a phenomenal poet. And I've just fallen in love with her work over and over again. And not to be biased, I think I'm requesting that book or recommending that book specifically because I think it has the same emphasis that Jonah does on kind of being a self-growth journey and emphasizing ideas of healing and just walks you through this process of really just healing any area of your life where you're struggling mentally or emotionally. And I really connected and resonated with that message. I honestly, I remember when I was first like getting into reading, it was like really, really young, but I was only into like chapter books. I didn't really get into poetry until middle school, but I kind of fell in love with it. I'm not going to hold you. Yeah, I love when I'm reading a poetry book and then there's this whole rhyming scheme happening in my head and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is everything. Yeah, I love poetry. And with Jonah too, like there's some chapters kind of in the middle, you know, just a little spoiler mm-hmm. where I have like these poetic moments because I think there's just such a power that poetry can have that sometimes not having a rhyming scheme or not having those poetic devices doesn't have. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing with poetry, a lot of people think that poetry is always super complex, but to me at least, like, right. I feel like it's a really good way to make visions really, really clear. Like, I don't know yeah. about you, but when I'm, like, writing, whether it's just, like, in my journal or, like, if I'm writing a story or something, sometimes poetry is the only way to give, like, a very clear, transparent meaning for my emotions in a story. I definitely agree with that idea. I love poetry. And it's definitely one of those forms of writing where any idea you have can become a poem. So even if you're like, you've been writing for years or you're a new person to writing, I think poetry is a great way to just get started because three words, that can be a whole poem. Or there's a lot of creativity you can have with making a shape and making a whole abstract thing happen. But definitely right guys I want to hear your books yes you and also (laughs) the first poem you have to write like it doesn't have to be like the most in-depth thing I promise you like I remember one of the most prominent poems 
that I've ever like written that like it was like one of the first poems I remember writing was about a lemonade stand I was talking about like <laughs> the, the summer I started my lemonade stand and it was just like bittersweet it was like something random but I remember how proud I was of that poem like if I look back right now would I be like this is the most amazing poem I've ever like read probably not but it got me started and you exactly exactly like you don't have to have the most in-depth thing to write something you don't I think the first piece or story that writers wrote down is probably not any of our best but (laughs) I think we'll always have like a special recollection of it because it was our first and just thinking back on that and how we've grown and being able to grasp that wow we've really come so far in our perspectives and how we analyze the world and even the different angles that we storytell from exactly like it's like what I told you earlier about me like dreaming about being 14 I remember the first story I wrote like that wasn't a poem was about this girl who was 14 and she went to like this mystical <laughs> world and I remember my freshman year of high school I found it like on my computer and I was like what wow. is this like <laughs> oh my god like who is writing this and like some of the concepts I'm actually pretty proud of because I was like you who I would not have thought about that today but I was exactly. also like who when did you do like it was just such a wacky thing I think it was like such a weird reflection of like younger me I thought that was really fun yeah I would say to people who are not even passionate about writing literally write everything down still because going back and reading something that you wrote when you were seven and then when you're 10 and then when you're 14 and reading it in your present day you're just wow it just brings back so many different memories and so many different perspectives and it's a really powerful thing getting to see how you've evolved as a person and your reflection. Exactly. Writing is like, it's like your own personal time capsule that you can dig up at like any moment. I love that you just describe writing like that. Personal <laughs> time capsule. That's so true. For me, I have this blue journal in my room and I started writing stories in that from I think elementary all the way up to like middle of maybe like, let's just say seventh or eighth grade. No mm-hmm. one called me at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I just find myself going back to it time and time again. I like to let time pass in between. So I'm like, you know, letting it still be fresh, not too much. And I'm just like, wow, I can't believe I wrote this so young. And just the ways that I've matured and my quality as a writer has improved greatly. Yes, definitely. I I, I honestly feel like we're kind of connected because I also had a blue journal. Oh, it's something about the blue journal. Does everyone have a blue journal? I feel like this must be universal. This must be like a universal experience. It's, I mean, if it's not, it was, here's a compositional book. Yeah. Okay, I think we're living the same life. We are, oh my gosh. End of the podcast, we're living the same life. Exactly, like, we didn't even need to interview at this point because we're the that, same that person. That sums it up. <laughs> no, I think that one question I have is, obviously you talked about, oh, Oh my gosh, I forgot that was in the other recording. I'm sorry, y'all. We have had struggles recording this episode. I just want to make that very clear. We have been struggling. Yes. There have been so many recordings. And then (laughs) this is maybe take 10. It's okay. (laughs) Literally. But when we were talking previously, you talked about how Jonah was kind of almost like a memoir or a personal narrative. And we were talking about like reflecting on ourselves and everything like that. When you look back, like obviously, Jonah is still very fresh so like let's just say in a couple years when you look back do you think you're gonna see a lot of things have changed when it comes to what you were feeling or how do you think that your perspective will have changed on Jonah 
Wow, I really love that question. When I was writing Jonah, um, someone asked me today, actually, they're like, oh, was writing the book hard? And I told them yes, but not in the way that I feel like people expect. And kind of how that relates to the question you just asked me is it was a really emotionally challenging book to write. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of realities for me in that book. And in so many ways, I see myself as Jonah. So I think a few years from now, I'm going to see some ways that I've grown, some areas that I've healed in, and hopefully having a new sense of freedom. And so many times this book has freed me in unexpected ways. And sometimes I go back and I read different chapters and I already have a different perspective. And it's just amazing that each day something can happen or you can have a conversation with someone or watch something on TV or something new in society happens and your whole outlook on life. Well, let me not say your whole outlook on life, but just maybe even part of your outlook on life can change on a particular concept or idea. No, definitely. I think that such little things like can change a perspective that might change your life in a major way. Exactly. Like whether it's a new friend or just like a new experience in general or like something you've watched, like any media you consumed. I feel like so many things make up like a person that you might not think about and they change like so many things. Yeah. And just going back and reading something you wrote, especially me with Jonah, I'm just really shocked at how I was able to describe certain details in my life that happened when I was so young or even being able to pull in things that other people have told me and include those in parts of my story Mm -hmm. and reading it now like some things are still connecting for me or some things are just a completely different fresh perspective and I'm analyzing and processing things completely different in my thoughts yeah um obviously you said that you've taken stuff from when you were younger how long did Jonah take you to like completely write and publish and everything I started writing Jonah my freshman year of high school, but like I was saying, a lot of the ideas that are included in Jonah are really just from throughout different phases of my life. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, Jonah has really come full circle with me for high school because I just published it as a senior. Currently recording this podcast, I just graduated, <laughs> which is crazy. So yeah. that's surreal. And Jonah, like I said, it's definitely been a full circle book for me because I published it my senior year in February in honor of Black History Month, being that it sheds light on African-American history. Mm-hmm. And look at where we are today. <laughs> I know. That's really so exciting. Like, congratulations on graduating. Thank you so much. Book. It's just so incredible. Like, oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. I'm so processing. I'm an alumni. It's- Oh my gosh, don't remind me because then I'm going to (laughs) feel old. You're going to keep hearing it all year. It's almost over, you know, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? Right. (laughs) No, um, so yesterday was my school's graduation. So I'm seeing like all my senior friends make their posts today. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, like, please stop reminding me. Your time is soon. No, you can't say that. That's definitely how I was feeling. (laughs) 
like I really thought I was ready freshman year as soon as I got into freshman year I was like this is really different from middle school and I loved it for like the first month and then it got hard and I was like okay I'm ready for this to be over let's graduate let's wrap it up and then like so much of high school was just kind of taken away by quarantine yeah so now it's like oh sweat like I need the rest of my time back like go back go back back. like I'm not ready to graduate rewind exactly like go back in time like knock on wood like please like I don't know I feel like we process our senior years in the exact same way there's two different types of seniors there's the one who's like okay first day of school okay time to graduate let's get give, give me my diploma <laughs> or there's a senior who's like too overly sentimental and trying to hold on to like freshman year and senior year and it's like girl it's literally like a day from graduation right. it's over <laughs> no I'm looking where I'm gonna be the second one because I remember like this is one thing I didn't realize I was doing until I like started down and I was like what are you doing I would like see someone who I had known since like let's say middle school and I'd be like remember that time we did this and they were like no and then I would look back at my memory and I'd be like that was five years ago that's why I don't remember like what is wrong with you that, that's okay it's, it's okay we're working on it because then I'm like this is this is me this is just me in denial at this point like exactly we just have to work through it we just have to work through it we're gonna push through I definitely agree <laughs> Now that you have left high school, do you have any nuggets of knowledge? Absolutely. And just connecting it back to Jonah, you know, <laughs> brilling it back in. Exactly. <laughs> but honestly, some words of advice and like I said, in relation to my book and kind of an idea that was really emphasized to me when I was writing it is take the time to reflect. And you're never too young to have those reflections. I think a lot of the time we feel like we can only take advice from older people or people who are maybe, quote unquote, more accomplished than us. But honestly, having your own reflection is so beneficial and kind of relating that back to Jonah, like me literally spending time reflecting in my own thoughts or reflecting on something I heard in the news or reflecting on other people's work sparked a whole new idea so I would say even if you're a young person reflect on the life that you live so far because the rest of your life could really be changed and impacted mm-hmm. by you taking time to realize what you've done and maybe some things you would do differently or some things that you have enjoyed definitely I think self-awareness can be such a big tool for character development like in real life yeah I think a lot of the time we can live our life so fast and we really have to find those moments to pause and to just really process what's going on in our society how did we get to this point what's the role that I contributed and what do I want the future to look like and I feel like a lot of the time people act like the future is it's still unpredictable but it's also like there's certain things that are going to fall into place and that you can't control as well. So really taking to that time to reflect, because history definitely repeats itself even in our own small world. Yeah, I think that obviously, like you said, like you're not gonna know every single thing about your future, but in most cases, there are steps you can take towards a future that you desire. Like, unless there are really big extremes, there are some yeah. things you can do. I completely agree. Yeah. And 
I think it's like you said, like, you don't have to be the most accomplished person to be able to help someone else. Like, I think a lot of people struggle with this. Me and my friends included, like, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, this person is a prodigy. Like, this person did this and that and that. So what have I been doing the past 16, 17 years? <laughs> like, girl, you right. been like, don't. It's not like don't worry about them because obviously you should care about the people and their accomplishments. And stuff. Yeah. But if you get too caught up in what other people are doing, you can't do anything that you actually like. Yeah, that's true. And kind of um, staying on the topic of accomplishments, mm-hmm. I feel like another piece of advice I have is, again, well, it also ties back into the reflection, but acknowledge what you've accomplished mm-hmm. and take time to celebrate yourself. One of the things with Jonah I had to learn is really taking the time. Once you accomplish a goal that you were working towards for a really long time and you finally achieve it, did you really take the time to process that? hey you did this or we made it or girl like look at what you've done because if you don't life's going to keep going so if you don't find that moment to celebrate yourself life's just going to be non-stop and you're just setting new goals and you're never feeling like fulfilled if you don't celebrate yourself like go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A go to Cheesecake Factory take yourself out do what you need to do even if it's like a five minute thing Because it's not, if not, it's like, what was the purpose of all of this? Right. Like, after working so hard, just to say that life goes on. I definitely agree with that. I really like how you said that. What was the purpose of this? Just you, like, you work so hard just to keep going and just to be like, oh, well, on to the next. Like, no, like, you have to sit with that and be happy and appreciative of everything that you've done and that people have done for you to get here. Yeah. Like, when I finally published my book, I was setting so many new goals, which is definitely good to keep setting goals. But I feel like I didn't initially take that time to just celebrate myself and to take a break and relax because I kind of had this mindset that, oh, while there's momentum, I have to be marketing, I have to be promoting, I have to that motivation or reasoning of why I initially started was for myself and for the world around me. Definitely. So you talked about, obviously, you talked about in kind of a different context, but you talked about when you were first trying to, like, ride the wave and promote yourself. Do you think it was really hard? Do you think it, like, brought out more confidence in you or it just took so much that you didn't know what to do? I think in general, I would say I'm a pretty outgoing person. Mm-hmm. And that really came into play when it was time to promote my book. But even in me saying that, I think when it was initially early of me publishing my book and when I just started promoting, I was kind of shy, surprisingly, contrast to me being an outgoing person that kind of went out the window a little bit. (laughs) And at first, I was kind of trying to figure out, okay, how do I want to tell people about my book but not seem like conceited or not seem annoying or not just be like randomly bringing this up in conversations was when it wasn't fitting. And I think everyone needs to learn whatever their gift or their business idea is, is how to just bring it up naturally. And I think after promoting it a couple of times, you kind of learn the natural flow of how to bring it up in the conversation, how to promote yourself and to still be humble. Mm -hmm. And my biggest piece of advice for anyone who's promoting, not just books, but any idea is confidence. When you're confident in yourself and in your idea and in your story, that's when other people can be confident. And that's what people want to invest in. 
I definitely agree with that. As someone who has to promote themselves, like with my podcast, like obviously I want people to listen. So mm-hmm. I've had to work on that because like someone will come up to me and be like, you had a podcast this whole time? <laughs> like I'll be like, yeah, surprise. Like, and even like the other day, I made my first TikTok. I don't post TikToks at all, really. Which is funny that I'm mentioning this because I told you I found you on TikTok, <laughs> but I don't like post myself. So I posted like one of my first TikToks, maybe it's like my fourth TikTok like ever. And it was okay. me like promoting like my podcast. And my friend was like, oh my God, you're right for your page. Like you're famous. And I was like, <laughs> viral, <laughs> viral. Yes. Everybody like it up. I think it's so funny <laughs> in movies when someone's like, this is viral and it has like a thousand views. Oh my goodness. That's, <laughs> like, that's a little off topic, but I just thought about that. Like, I just think that's so funny. Or like when there's like a hacker and they're like, I'm in. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Every Disney Channel movie. Exactly. Like there's just like some random typing. They're like, do, 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 do. Ah, I got it. Like, please stop. Yeah. Control the lead. Oh, please. <laughs> exactly. But like you said, I think that confidence is so key to promoting yourself because you know you think you're confident when it comes to exposing yourself to like even like three people, you're going to be like a little bit nervous. And so imagine doing that with a lot more people or even on social media, you have to have a, like that post button just gets so scary if you look at it for too long. I don't know. Yeah, that shift from drafts to public posts. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I'll do like I'll do like a soft transition like I'll make it friends only and then like an hour later I'll be like <laughs> I guess the world can see Give me this a little bold. Right? Yeah. I swear I don't know why like I feel like TikTok is so much scarier to me than Instagram like I've had an Instagram for really? podcast alone for like over a year and I I'm like loving I'm like do 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 like it's the only place I use hashtags I'm like a little like Facebook mom I'm like hashtag peace love faith trust pixie dust like i'm all up on and then i get yeah, I don't TikTok, know. and i'm just yeah. like no yeah i don't know what's more scary is people that you know saying your posts or people that are complete strangers saying yeah. your tiktoks it, it's just there's an equal frightening aspect for different reasons exactly <laughs> but you know, promote yourself still yes exactly it's so important and also make something you're pro- like it doesn't have to be like the most top tier quality thing it doesn't yeah like if you like it then someone's probably gonna like it too that's true guys don't overthink the content i remember when i first started trying to come up with content ideas for jonah and this was when i was getting like 40 likes and thinking i was a viral <laughs> you know feeling famous <laughs> And I was just really overthinking the content. I was like, okay, I need to have my lamp in my room. I need to have this background music. I was getting serious. It was like a whole studio setup. But when I really just decided to just be myself and to be natural and embrace, like, I'm a teenager. Like, other teenagers, like, they're going to get this. I'm just going to dance with my book. I'm on the <laughs> dance team. Let me just dance. And that's what people like. And mm-hmm. literally so many of the opportunities that I've been able to connect with people and people have DM'd me on Instagram like oh I saw you on TikTok I'm like okay what did you see (laughs) but again just putting yourself out there with confidence because if you don't put yourself out there people are not gonna just know unless they're just stalking you or they're a close friend they're not just gonna know right and I think that this goes back to what you were saying about your work and how it has to reflect you. Your promotion also needs to reflect you because you are, I mean, obviously you're selling your product or whatever idea you want, but you are also selling yourself because these are all yeah. of you. So if you aren't out here like 
you know, kind of being yourself, then no one's really going to know what you're doing. Yeah, you just brought up a great point. Promoting yourself and being authentic is so important because once people have used the project or they've read your book, the only thing left, like, is you. Like, are they in love with what you're promoting and mm-hmm. in love with your storyline and just you as a person? And that's going to be the support that's long term. Because if they're just like the book idea, it's like, okay, that's great for one sale, but getting people to just like you as a person really builds that foundation of having a long term fan base and having a long term customers that you want and having that big support system for yeah. over a course of time. Definitely. And this may seem really obvious, but please do not be mean to the people who are trying to support you. But talk your stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I remember when I was in elementary school, I had, like, a charm bracelet business. and Okay, entrepreneur. Yes, entrepreneur. Okay. Me, lemonade, Sam, charm bracelets. Like, y'all could not see the end of me. But I remember, like, this other girl was, like, really, she, like, lives in my neighborhood. We were, like, low-key rivals, but that's a different oh, story. Oh, oh. She was also trying to sell, like, bracelets. And I remember, like, no one shopped with her because she was really <laughs> salty. Like, how are you six yeah. and you're mean? Like, stop. <laughs> I don't know. You have to be nice, guys. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. Guys, there's no reason to be mean to anyone. Exactly. <laughs> so. Like, anything that you're doing is probably, like, it's really not that deep for you to have to be mean to someone who's trying to be nice to you. Like, please stop. Yeah. I love that you just brought it up, even though this is like a whole bracelet business from, you know, when we were young, when right. we were younger, thinking about that today or just really in the grand scheme of life, I think a lot of the time people can feel threatened by competition, quote unquote. I say on competition with quotes because you don't have to feel threatened by someone else who's doing the same thing as you. Right. Like there's. hello yes okay okay wait how thought, long did it go out for like maybe a minute maybe less than oh, a minute that's okay what's you the last like you heard you were like okay competition like there's room for everyone there are so many and there's like <laughs> Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Basically, just what I was saying is so many people have reached out to me and asked, oh, how do I publish a book or how do I get started? And I've never been like a gatekeeper. I've always yeah. like sent people back a whole paragraph of, okay, you do, you can do this, you can do that. And I people need to process that other people can do what you do yeah. and you don't have to feel threatened by it. You can be inspired. You can support them. And just realizing that there's room for more than one person in your skill set. And I think this also goes back to confidence. Because if you don't have faith in Mm -hmm. what you're doing, then you're going to be so threatened by everyone around you. That just means you don't think that what you're doing is good enough to be there with someone else there. That's a great point. That's, yeah. And, like, I... I might be just projecting. Because I remember, like, (laughs) you know, like, Mean Girls? I feel like you do. Everybody. Exactly. Everybody knows Mean Girls. Everyone knows it. But like Regina was not Regina was not worried about anybody. She was evil. Yeah. She was the head of everybody. Everyone was sabotaging her. She didn't care. <laughs> Wanna know why? Because she knew she was that girl. If you know you're that girl, then you're not gonna be worried about all these other girls and what they're doing. That's, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That's facts. Exactly. Guys, we're dropping some wisdom on exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> So let that sink in. (laughs) 
doesn't get better than this. It, exactly. We are melanated and educated. Yeah. So. <laughs> no one's ever used my, oh my gosh, this is like, this is oh, your oh? monumental moment. No one's ever like said my title in the show. This is like crazy. I'm getting it emotional. Oh my gosh. It has to be done. It has this to what be. happens when you record this late. <laughs> you just start saying crazy things. Really? No, I, so many of my earlier episodes, like from last year when I first started out, or like at like very late at night. And so I didn't realize this until I was like editing it. Like there will be like moments of silence where I think I beep. Like I don't know what happened. Like, Hello? Right. It's like, you know, we're all going to have a little break. I'm not going to put a commercial in there. We're all going to have like a little breathing. Yeah. Break. Just fill it in with advertisements. Exactly. It's okay. I it's was so actually funny. so scared of ads when I came onto this platform. <laughs> Like, I don't know why. Like, they told me I could record an ad and get, like, 15 cents or something. I don't know how much. Okay. And I was, like, really scared. I was, like, wait, do they have to have my bank account? Yes, that's oh. me. Like, I don't even know. She's like, don't hack my account. Right, like, please. I'm scared. I'm the sickest. <laughs> exactly. I do have a question, actually. I just thought about this. So... You self-published. We've talked about this in our in one of our many failed attempts, yes. right? Because we've had <laughs> so many. Do you think that you would self-publish again? That is a great question. I have started working on book number two, yes. and that is something to consider if I want to self-publish or use a traditional publishing house. I'm honestly still thinking about it. I definitely know in the near future, I love to go the direction of a traditional publishing house mm-hmm. just because my experience with self-publishing, it, it definitely has its pros. I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> it is a great thing. But I think we also need to process the fact that self-publishing means that you are the editor, you're the author, you're the content creator, you're the manager taken on a lot of hats and it can become a lot and it can get to a point where it's kind of taken away from the parts you love the most Mm. just being the author so I think with doing the direction of the traditional publishing housing even if you're going to lose some of the rights well let me not say rights but you're not completely in charge of all the decisions that are made about the book and having all the say you do get to have more of your time and energy and creativity dedicated to what you originally fell in love with so to answer your question book number two not sure future books I definitely will use a traditional publishing house okay awesome well I don't know it's feeling like we're about to wrap up I'm kind of sad you know, we can just stay here all night. <laughs> we have done this so many times. It's like actually really wild that we're finally succeeding. It, exactly. I'm I not- my friend, do not disturb. So right. <laughs> there's that. I'm trying not to jinx it last minute because we made it this far. Exactly. <laughs> but is there anything else you want to say to our lovely audience? My message to the audience is do it while you're young. That was an idea I really wanted to emphasize with publishing my book at such a young age is that we don't have to limit ourselves because of our age or because of our resources, the perspectives. Everything we have now is all we need to take that first step in what we love. Mm -hmm. So do it while you're young. Do it when you're 80. Do it when you're two, you're 17. (laughs) 
do what you love and just get started because you only live this life once and you don't want it to be near the end of everything and you're like where did time go what was I passionate about and it's kind of a life of regrets you want to be building a life for yourself that you can look back on and be happy with and be living in the moment that was so smart oh my gosh everybody give her snaps like yeah yep. it's that alumni wisdom no <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much for talking to me thank you so much absolutely anytime you know part two part five anytime exactly. exactly and to the listeners thank you so much for listening and here is my outro thank you for listening to an episode of melanated and educated if you would like to see more of the podcast you can follow the podcast on instagram at melanated and educated podcast if you would like to see more of the host, you can follow me on Instagram at Boo. That's D-E-S-L-I-L-B-O-O. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed. <laughs>